Good evening, everybody. It's Tracy here with the Everybody Counts podcast. We're back with Bosch Legacy for season two, but I'm not alone. We have Pete P.I. here. What's up? And we have our Bosch trivia guy, Mike, is with us. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We are so excited. Bosch Legacy Season 2 is upon us. We're ready to talk the first episode. We ended on a big cliffhanger, and we're ready to move forward to find out what happened with our Maddie Bosch. Now, just a little bit of housekeeping. We are part of SoManyShows.com, so you can follow us there. Subscribe to the podcast feed, So Many Shows, and you will find our content for Bosch Legacy, for The Lincoln Lawyer, and a lot of other shows. So take a look out there. That's where you can find the feed and you might see some other shows you're interested in following along with us. But tonight it's all about Bosch Legacy. Episode one titled The Lady Vanishes, written by executive producer and showrunner Tom Bernardo and directed by Sharat Raju. So let's get into it. So when we left off at the end of season one, Harry is busted into Maddie's apartment. She's not there, but several of her belongings are there. So it doesn't seem like she planned to leave. Our biggest fear is that the screen cutter has taken Maddie. We see the screen actually cut in her room. Harry notices that. And even prior to that, in episode 10, we see who we believe to be the screen cutter in a new wrestling mask hiding in her hall closet. So our fears are for the worst and we have to know what happened. So we wait. It's now fall of 2023 and we're going to find out what's happened with Maddie. The episode begins with Maddie coming home. She's coming into her apartment, going through her normal routine, grabbing a beer, getting the shower started, getting ready for her evening routine she's off work again we see the screen cutter hiding in her closet it terrifies me every time not just because of the obvious reasons but you know i hate masks and that just makes it all the worse but and i i'm not being like trying to be funny with that it just that it really does those scare me and so it makes it even more horrifying from me mike why don't you pick up with what happens next Oh, what happens next is we see the assailant in the mask come up behind Maddie, trying Mm -hmm. to put a cloth over her face. Mm -hmm. But she's able to kick herself and him away from the wall onto her bed where she gets a few elbows into his ribs. Mm -hmm. There's a big skirmish and she tries to get out of her room, but she's not able to do so. She gets pinned up against the wall at one point. She drives a couple knees into the guy's ribs, too. Mm-hmm. But, and unfortunately, she gets pinned down on her bed and chloroformed, I'm guessing, from the rag yeah. mm-hmm. over her face. Yeah. And he says he wishes he had more time with her, but he obviously has some other agenda than what he's had with the other victims because he does chloroform her and it, it seems like he has something else in mind. So the fight, she did not go easily. What did you guys think of that fight? And do, how much do you think of that was actually Madison Lentz? Good question. What are your well, thoughts? For, for my thoughts on the fight, first time I was watching, I'm like, come on, kick his ass, you know? Because it's like, yeah. 
you know, she's now a police officer. She's no longer a helpless person. I mean, we've seen her kind of have a few, not really altercations, but like respond to that domestic in season one. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So she's, she's gotten her licks in, but also gotten, you know, a few hit her way too as well. So that was my first thought was, you know, I hope she gets through this or gets mm-hmm. away from this guy. But of course. since, you know, Bosch came in the front door that was still locked, you had a feeling that she wasn't going to be, mm-hmm. you know, able to to fight him off very right. long. Right. But the other thing that stuck out was the acting by Madison Lintz as well. When the when her eyes rolled up in the back of her head. Yeah. And yeah. Just before passing out or while passing out. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. Yeah. And I'm hoping it's more all of Madison. I don't, I'm yeah. hoping it wasn't a body or, you know, stunt double, something like that. But yeah. Well, um, some of my first thoughts when I first, the very first time watching through, it was like, she is a beast. I mean, I really was, I was like, she, if anybody had a chance, she, she certainly had a chance. And it, I, we saw Madison's, Madison Lynch's face a lot in those scenes. So I might, we'll have to ask whoever we can to find out, but it, it sure seemed like it, a, a lot of it was her actual work in the fight scenes and but when it comes down to it doc weiler is just huge and size wise he just overpowered her so much so you know there's only so much you can do when i guess when that is the case but she definitely uh made a valiant effort and and yeah like you mike i was rooting for her to get away absolutely you know obviously the the whole time it was very intense that the whole yep. scene was was very very intense what about you Pete anything you want to say before we move to the crime scene um i think it was definitely all her it just didn't seem like they would want to pay a stunt double to come in and do that the moves didn't seem so off the top they were you know pretty pretty generic moves as far as like you know starter moves for a stunt <laughs> and um you know if she's a cop a lot of these cops they you know they train all kinds of you yeah. know classes and you know she we know she exercises mm-hmm. so you know she's like you know she's she's in good strength she's in good shape yeah and this orville weddenbacher guy is just too big you're right he was he's just big. too big he's and big. um yeah he just you know what you think was going to happen like he got the advantage he, you know he wasn't like he she saw him and had a shot to set up you know he, right. he attacked her from the back and you know, I'm surprised she lasted as long as she did, you mm-hmm. know, with a guy so big. Right. But it just shows her resilience that she fought mm-hmm. to the very end. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do believe it was all her, though. And I do believe, like I said, she probably had a little bit of training, you know, from, from somebody who came to the set to help them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, just it also adds up to like a cop background being a little more, you know. Yeah. Like I said, resilient and, you know, flexible and being able to, you know perform these maneuvers and try to escape and have expertise in combat yeah well and the last thing we see uh from doc weiler for a while in the episode is he appears that he's put her in some type of luggage bag i don't know if it's actually a body bag but pulling what looks to be her body down the alley and into his truck you know and and pulls off so we don't really know her status at that point, and that's unnerving. I mean, it was definitely her, though, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it was definitely her, but we're like, it, was it chloroform? Is she just passed out? You know, we obviously don't have all those answers. Well, no one point. thought she was dead, I don't think. Well, I, me personally, yeah. I didn't think she was dead. Yeah, I just thought, like you said, he, he made her pass out. He wrapped her up like as if she was whatever, like luggage, right? just to transport her. Yeah, But yeah. I have no clue why he's doing this. Yeah, yeah, we just don't have any yeah, any confirmation about what's 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 the agenda here. So, then we see 
everyone processing the crime scene. We've got people, you know, sweeping for fingerprints. We see Jerry. Jerry Edgar is there. Thank goodness. What a good feeling is that? Like you want to have Jay Edgar on your team when you're searching for Maddie. So how'd you feel about seeing him? What kind of emotion did that give you? Bittersweet because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know, you know, he's there because it's very important. Right. But, you know, he's also there because Maddie's missing and no one knows right. where she is and no one knows the outcome. Right. We're thankful to have him in our corner, but it's a very, you know, terrible yes, reason. You could have had him visit, like, them for, like, a family barbecue and, like, yeah. have, you know, a 10-minute <laughs> scene of him, like, talking about, oh, yeah, back at the shop here and I had a case here. And, like, you know, do a flashback scene with them or something. You had to yeah. do it, like, oh, well, let's make it the most extreme possible to get Jay Egger here, know. you know? <laughs> it would been much better if it was Thanksgiving or something. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. One thing that it stood out to me, um, which I'm, I imagine it did for you guys too, we we immediately see the intensity of Harry and his investment, obviously, in this scenario, because he talks about getting the latent prints like around the ceiling, yes. right? Yeah, kind uh, of the, the door cover, the door over the door, yeah, where the, the doorway yeah. is over the top. Yeah, over the door. So, and the, and the guy's like, "Do you know how many fingerprints could be there?" And you know, he says, "I don't give a shit." You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. He's not taking anything, you know, this, they're going all out, 150%, sweep everything, collect everything. And just that, when he gets that tone of voice, I mean, it's just really intense, you know, it's like, I almost feel like, okay, whatever you say, Mr. Boss. Well, did anybody Bosch. think at this point in time when he's like, he'll let you listen in, but you got to be quiet and let him lead. Yeah. Did anybody think that was going to work out very well? No. Like, oh yeah, Boss yeah. is going to go and listen and be like, okay, cool, thanks. No, no you knew as soon as that was going to happen, he was going to piss all over it. <laughs> but yes. at the same time, at the same time, he's still, he's not calm, but he is collected, you know, calm, cool, and collected. He's not calm. He's very intense, but he is collected. He is thinking every minute, it, you know, he's working this case too. So he does talk to Jerry and it finds out that a neighbor um, saw her come home about 730. Harry asked Jerry about, you know, has he talked to his captain? Because he wants to know, is he going to be able to listen in kind of with how they're attacking this? And it, it sounds like he's going to be able to listen in. One thing I really noticed when we go outside and we see all those cop cars and the lights flashing, how did that make you feel? That they're going to be trying their all their best to get one of yeah. their own back. <laughs> right. And it gave me sort of, not literal flashbacks, but when all the cop cars converged on Jerry's house when he was shot. When he was shot, yes. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it just kind of gave me those vibes. And it just really shows, you know, what efforts are being made. Yeah, that it, it's one of their own. And, you know, it's inspiring. And it's just, I think it, I think it does elicit a lot of emotion when you when you see that. So they do have a, like a mobile command post unit on site, but Harry's noticing everything. Like right away, he's like, Jerry, why aren't you getting, you know, FIs on these people? Everyone's getting to walk away. You know, he's already invested. He's trying to direct the the um, investigation, but he can't. You know, there's going to be that push and pull we can mm -hmm. see for the whole episode. Okay, something that stood out to me here, FI, do you remember what that stands for? Field interview? Yes, yes. And yes. so the first time I ever remember these FI cards is from one of the Renee Ballard books yep. in Dark Sacred Night, I think it was. And so that just, that kind of jumped out at me. I, I, I never even 
remember hearing about those cards where they talk to everybody around. They do a little field interview with everybody, keep it on these cards, you know, and they save them. So if you haven't read Dark Secret Night, definitely check it out. You'll learn about FI cards. And um, just a little plug that we know there's a Renee Ballard series in development. I do not know anything about the status at this Mm -hmm. point, but there are plans for one. So that just, um, that was just really stood out to me when I heard that term again, but they do let Harry into the, the little command center there. Who wants to talk about that conversation with the captain? Oh, I'll give you my version. Basically the captain is asking for information of how they can, you know, get a, you know, anything to sink their teeth into to start the, the lead, a mm-hmm. lead that they can start the investigation from because they have a protocol and a set of series of steps that they follow based on the situation mm-hmm. because they don't know what the situation is yet. Right. So while the guy's trying to explain, basically ta- Harry in his own kind way says, you're kindly wasting my time. And, <laughs> you know, this is not good for my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy tells <laughs> Harry that it's a courtesy and he should probably step outside. And Harry says, no, F that man. This mm-hmm. is my daughter. You guys are going to mess this up and I'm going to stay here. And, and that's and, when he, the the guy looks at Jerry Edgar, who looks at Bosch, yeah, and kind yeah. of basically tells him like, "Yo, let me talk to you, brother." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yep. a lot going on in the eyes there. Just that little look that Jerry makes over to Harry, like kind of like, "Okay, pipe down. We're going to talk about this, but just you know, cool it for a second. But what's the big thing? Harry says they need to find. He interrupts the captain's approach and says, "No, you need to find what the crossing. Yeah, the intersect. Yeah." Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where they, yeah, and where they did cross paths. Where exactly. they did cross paths. Where did so. they cross paths? The the intersect, and which makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. But yeah, that's when the captain tells him in so many words, "You need to stay out of it," kind of thing. This is like you said, Pete. This is a courtesy. So, um, and then he tells Bosch that he cares just as much about finding Maddie as anybody. I knew that was yep. not going to go over well. Yeah. <laughs> how did harry respond to that mike i doubt that very effing much <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i mean that to me that was such a dumb thing to say there's mm-hmm. no way you could care as much as a father about this i mean that's just it almost came off as patronizing you know and well, i'm just like it's also the fact that it was coming from captain of rhd now if edgar says it you believe it from edgar they were yeah. partners for so many years uh this captain and bosch there's no Real history. I mean, even when Bosch was in RHD, was this guy a lieutenant or a captain at that time to him? Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. So it didn't seem like there was that uh, that uh, connection with the captain as it much as it is with Edgar. Mm-hmm. Well, to turn that around, um, a few a few moments later, they go outside and talk Jagger and Harry. Mm-hmm. And Harry's basically, you know, actually, so I didn't have many notes for this episode, but this is the point where one of my notes has actually been written down because I, it was a point, it was a bullet point for me in the episode. At this point in the conversation, Jay Eggers talking to Harry mm-hmm. and he's telling him, like, you have to let me do my job. And he's like, well, you know, this is Maddie. And Jay Edgar turns around and goes, you act like I'm not going to pursue this as if it's not my own blood. Mm-hmm. As if like, you know, he so and 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 Harry believes him. So yeah. it, it calms him down instantly. So that's exactly what, to Mike's point right there, that all Jerry Edgar had to do was say something similar to him, and he believed Jerry Edgar and didn't didn't say, oh, no, you effing don't, or just make sure. What he said was he turned around and said, I'm counting on you, brother, half in tears. Yeah. Now, that yeah. moment right there to me was written down because Harry, 
I don't think we've ever seen him this vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the point in the episode where I'm like, okay, Harry's vulnerable, which makes him an even looser cannon than he normally is. Mm-hmm. He's not a cop, so there's no gray lines. Yeah. Is he going to get himself involved in a court case? Because You know me, guys. I, for, I try to foreshadow everything. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, if they do happen to find her, you know, Maddie, down the road, is Harry going to be like break a whole bunch of rules to get her back and then get put in court himself. And that's going to be like Harry in trouble all season. Like, we don't know where this is going yet. It's all fresh again. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like Harry's vulnerable and that makes it a wilder card than normal. So, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, what's your guy's opinion on that? Do you see what I see that? like, Oh no, he might do something really stupid. Oh yeah, sure. An emotional Harry is is a can be a dangerous Harry. So yeah, you you, you it sets up this tension right away. Is because he's on the outside. They're kind of letting him be part of it, but technically he's on the outside. You know he's a great investigator. You know he's the 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 most invested. So how is this going to play out? Yeah, it, it's 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 nerve wracking. It it does make you worry that something could happen that could mess up the investigation because of all the politics and protocols and fighting against it. But that's my thought. What do you think? Or even worse. Hold on. Let me just jump in here. Even worse. Harry takes it on his own, finds some clues, goes up to the guy, pops him in the head, finds his daughter. And now all of a sudden now somebody's in jail. Now Harry's a murderer. Right. Right. Yeah. Even if the the cause is just, he's a murderer and you're not a cop no more. So you can't say it was a self, you know, like it's hard to get out of that now. Yeah. It's we're different. really nervous for Maddie, and we're really nervous for Harry and how this is going to all. Play. A little more Harry than Maddie, I feel personally, because like I kind of listen. Let's be realistic here. I don't think that they're going to start Boss <laughs> season two, episode one, legacy with Maddie dying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I mean that's the thing. We we she don't... might be gone the whole ep- the whole season. She might be gone. Yeah, I don't know where that's going to go. However. Yeah. Like, I don't see her, like, dying in episode one. So I'm I'm worried for her, but not as much as I'm and for Harry doing something that's going to get him in big trouble later on. Yeah, clearly we don't anticipate that. But yet the acting, the writing, the emotion raises us to that level where we are considering it. But yeah, ultimately, it would be really hard to believe that that Maddie wasn't going to come through this somehow. But what to your to for you, Mike, what was your response to Pete's question? Pete's question. Yeah, I, I kind of also was kind of in fear because I don't think private investigators have that kind of protection like a police officer does. Yeah, yeah. But with his point with, you know, when he was talking to Edgar about, you know, with the uh, I'm counting on your brother, it's like the, you hear the desperation in his voice and yeah, see it do. in his face. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me think like Pete did where it's like he might do something stupid. We just, we just don't know. Yeah. But I mean, obviously his daughter is gone and also kind of answer a little another question with from pete opposed the only time we've really seen him like this is where he sees on the video screen where maddie and eleanor are kidnapped back in mm-hmm. season two right besides right. that yeah i mean well you see, see a little bit in season seven where maddie's a maddie's a target a from, target yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a target from the hitman in season seven but not as much as this you know yeah. now she's gone he doesn't know where he is there's mm-hmm. desperation and so yeah i was kind of in fear that Bosch Harry might be doing something you know, maybe and we don't know what's going to happen. After going on. through a quick history of like Maddie, maybe um Mink was right. Maybe there is a Bosch curse because yeah, yeah, we're gonna, she's we're, been like oh, kidnapped, abducted, um, almost a target. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. And, and what Pete's referring to, I'm sure everybody remembers from the episode, Mank and Edgar are looking in Maddie's locker back at Hollywood station and Mank calls them shit magnets, the Bosch family <laughs> shit magnets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he talks about the, the Bosch curse, which, which Pete just mentioned. I mean, it is a lot of bad stuff has, has happened to them. They, you know, they However, have, I kind of think that was poor timing on Mank to be saying that, you know. <laughs> oh, in yes. a way, yeah. I can, well, Jay yeah. Edgar gave him the look. Yeah, Jay Edgar oh, gave, gave him the look, him the like. Look. Yeah, yeah. I know right. Mank kind of backs off. I just I, I pray for the best. You know, obviously we want to find her type of thing, but it was just kind of poor timing on Mank. It was. Who swimmed around that? Mink swimmed around that so good though. He was like, he looked at him. He goes. I'm sorry. I just hope that they find her and everything's okay. Right. Like, right. Just, I'm out. Yeah, he, he tried to kind of s- smooth it over, but yeah, it was it was kind of poor poor timing. Like, yeah. So Harry is off enlisting help from Mo and mm-hmm. making calls to people, and of course the RHD is working it their way. Jerry reaches out to Officer Vasquez to to talk about the case and they're going through um, maddie's notebook of all the interviews and things that she has done they do he does ask about the city inspector and vasquez explains that you know she saw a notice and thought that would be you know a potential lead for getting information so everybody's working the case in their own ways when harry's reaching out to to friends or you know colleagues from the past or whatever on the phone do you feel desperation in his voice there oh big time <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's interesting it wasn't just that it wasn't just in his voice too but it was also in his mind yeah and on his face i mean yeah that... it was just and he was so diligent you know he was calling a lot of people and he was just on it yeah. and it, it, you know, he was just trying every every asset he could to try to help get information about the case what, let me just let me just play devil's advocate here for a second. We know Bosch for a lot of seasons and a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the character Bosch that right. was created. He doesn't ask nobody for shit ever, mm-hmm. and he does a bunch of stuff for a bunch of people that like people don't even That's ask true. for just because of justice. You got to think that you know every this is a it's not like oh god Bosch is calling me for a favor again, right? I would be like wow Bosch is calling me. This must be really important. This guy yeah. doesn't you know it would be nice to have one in the hole. With Bosch. Yeah, this is when he's calling in the favors. You're right. He doesn't do it on a regular basis. I, and I get what you're saying. He does look desperate in the scene because, you know, he doesn't want to have to make that call in general. He's not looking at it like we are. Like, oh, these guys owe me favors anyway. I'll just call them in. Mm-hmm. He's looking at it like, oh, I got to call these people. I, this is against my moral compass. But for uh, me as a viewer on the outside, bro, you don't have to feel bad for nothing. These people, half these people probably owe you because you saved them in some extreme circumstance or something involved in, you know, helping them with their cases along the way or whatever it might be, you did, you, you know, at the end of the day, no matter if people love you or hate you, you put a lot of bad guys away and that's all you really, you know, will be known for. I will say, I think the desperation is about Maddie, not about asking for the first. Yes. That's, that's my opinion, but we got to think, we got to think carefully though, too. He is kind of always asking people for favors if you think about it you know he doesn't really call them in like you he doesn't state it with you owe me but he's always asking that lab person to rush the results he's always asking the computer person can they do it faster or can they dig deeper i mean but isn't that every every cop probably I mean, probably <laughs> i'm just saying he has he has received a lot of he he asked for things he does not shy about asking for things but at the same but in that same regard he doesn't always 
I don't know. That's just what I have to say. No, I agree with you there. I didn't think about that aspect of it because I was thinking more of like on a like a law enforcement level. Like, yeah, how many times did he take jump into somebody else's investigation and give them somebody with some information to help them make the case? Yeah, you know, because he was investigating somebody else and this guy was involved. What I what (laughs) I agreed with you about, like, and like made sense was he doesn't keep a tally. He's not that kind of person. Yeah, he's a tally. But yet, when I was like, but wait a minute. He does ask her a lot of favors. No, so, when you started saying it, I was like, you know what? She's right there. Hmm, <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe I was wrong here. That's why I was like, yeah, she got it. We thought it through. We thought it through. But yeah. Trivia question. How many favors have Bosch called in over the last two years? Yeah. Trivia question. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Um, too many to count. So, but yeah, I do. I hear that desperation in his voice. It's just an, an, an everybody counts or nobody counts, but this is his daughter. It's just a level it's higher. It's different. It's different. They knew what different. they were doing. So did you guys hear this? I, I'm like, am I hearing yes. things or did this happen? <laughs> oh, you do hear you know what I'm saying? Yep, I know yeah. exactly. Okay, well then talk I about it. Bring Mike. That up. Talk about I wanted it. to bring that up next because after Bosch gets off the phone with trying to call in favors, trying to get any information he can whatsoever on Maddie's case, he's sitting there and he hears Maddie calling out dad. Yeah. And Ooh. it's very quiet. I mean, if, if people missed it, you gotta go back. Relax, I missed it. The volume yeah. up. Yeah, and then I missed so it. He kind of, so he kind of looks around the office, but he, he also hears like the wind blowing outside too. So yeah, you know, like that's why I mentioned that it's not just desperation in his voice; there's desperation in his mind. He's here. He might be hearing hearing things. things. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit nuts. So, but then he gets a phone call that. Well, I mean, even that scene, I even pro- I wrote down. I mean, they're keeping you on the edge of your seat right from the start, right from the mm-hmm. right from the get go in this episode. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but they're also bringing tears to your eyes with this All as well. Because when I heard that dad thing, and then you get a phone call from uh, what's the guy's name, Ernie Ernie Unger, the yeah, coroner, at the coroner's office, yeah, saying that uh, that he's a father too, and they have a body at the morgue with a Jane Doe that was dumped. Oh, I forgot East Hollywood somewhere in there, something like East. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't remember. dumped somewhere, and that he wanted Harry to be the first person to. Mm-hmm. possibly identify if it is th- that before he brings in a RHD. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> hold on leads me to my second note, which is written there down here. It says a hundred percent, not Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I knew exactly what was going on. Now they were yeah. going to bring him down and show you the emotion. Cause this was about Bosch. Yeah, yeah. Me, for me personally, this was a hundred percent about Bosch. And the first mm-hmm. thing I thought when he unveiled that, and it wasn't her, and he felt that way that it might have been her, I thought to myself right away, he's gonna find this Orville Weddenbacher at the end of, by the end of the episode, and he's gonna pop him in the head, and he's gonna be the next court case for the season. There's gonna be investigation <laughs> against him. That's the only way I felt because why are you doing all this with Bosch unless he's gonna do something really crazy? I really was waiting for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and just it, it case, still can happen, people. It could still happen. For anyone who may not have listened, that's listening now, that did not listen to us in season one, Orville Redenbacher is Kurt Dockweiler. That yes. is Pete's name for <laughs> Kurt Dockweiler. So you hear Redenbacher, that's Dockweiler. That's who we're talking about. I, I'll change um, it back now, Doc yeah. Roddenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> you, call him, you call him whatever you want. He, he deserves nothing. So No, he's um, a terrible human being. The end. But uh, something that stood out to me in in the scene when he's checking the body, you know, he just he gets his courage up and he rips off the sheet. But mm-hmm. then when he puts it puts it down, he slows down and puts it down really respectfully. That really stood yeah. out to me. 
you know, like I've got to find out who this is, but he totally realizes this is someone to somebody. This is somebody's daughter or, you know, friend, wife, whatever. And um, he prediction puts that back on. Yeah. Prediction. This after, after, if he does get Maddie home safe, Mm -hmm. does he then go back and investigate that and try to solve that? Mm, I was thinking that same thing too. I was thinking that same Mm -hmm. thing too. Because now it's going to linger on him after once he's able to clear yeah. his brain, mm-hmm. that might linger and he might go back to that. And that's like a, that's like one of those what they call Easter eggs or whatever, or a long term booking where that comes around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it could be at the, it could be middle of the season, end of the season. He just goes down to the morgue and he just opens it up and he says, all right, who are you? And then that leads us into the next season. Mm-hmm. And of course, we get one of those moments <clears throat> coming up next where. You know, Harry is he's trying to be so strong, stay his keep his head in the game, but eventually that emotion's just gonna overflow, you know, and he breaks down mm-hmm. his Jeep and falls to the ground. Not for long. He gets back up, you know, and keeps at it. But man, those scenes are tough to watch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was very like I said, they, they're keeping you on the edge of your seat and mm-hmm. on the edge of tears. I mean, I found myself tearing up basically from almost the start not really the start of the episode you know but it's but yeah few i mean minutes it is in you know because it was that the slow motion walk to the command post and the, mm-hmm. you know and like i said in the office where he thought he heard her hears her voice and then the mm-hmm. coroner's office one of yep. the things could be the camera angle how it was kind of following up when he was standing up mm-hmm. just kind of looking through his the jeep windows uh-huh i almost thought that you'd almost see doc weiler standing on the side other side of the truck Ooh, I, I thought that the way the camera angle was, you yeah. know, kind of going up before Bosch was at the same time. Yeah, I kind of thought that either Doc Weiler or maybe somebody just there going, "Hey, you okay, buddy?" Type of thing. I thought yeah. there was going to be somebody standing on the other side of his jeep that would, you know, had seen him breaking down and crying and ask if he was okay or needed yeah. any help or anything like that. This way, we got to get Mike behind a camera because that would be really effective and really creepy. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> you got some ideas there, man. Some ideas. Well, like I said, I mean, the, it was the camera angles that where it's like the camera is just kind of looking through the windows. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, those like, reflective type things. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's just kind of move on through. We're going to hit the high points of what's what's happening in the story. Yeah. Jerry talks to uh, some callbacks to RHG detectives Conniff and Espinosa. We've, we've seen them yeah. throughout the season. So we get to see them again. It's good that they're on the case Conniff is just forever this kind of grumpy <laughs> detective, yes. but you know yeah. he's you know he's working hard and that he, he he cares about it. So they're they're in our corner, but yeah, he is pretty grumpy. So it, Edgar asked them to increase the search from one block to three. We hear Harry talking to Mo. He's been looking up all her bank information, social media stuff just everything he can get on what's been happening where there might be this intersect where they cross paths they do he did identify a burner call coming through and harry believes that that's you know the guy trying to call her so everybody's again working it on their own end harry goes to honey's house bangs on the door and that's where he tells her that uh, maddie's been taken and you know she's obviously taken aback like what do you mean taken and he he lets her know what happens and he immediately wants to know have you talked to her have you seen her and she was there not not last night when she was taken but the night before and he Mm -hmm. asked if she saw anyone and she did say that she saw a man in the courtyard 
smoking and that really perks our ears up because we know that the screen cutter is the suspect Suspect. you know is a a smoker Um, and then harry goes that's it that's the guy let's lock him up with no further evidence they got a smoker outside the courtyard i don't care who is well he's gonna put the pedal to the metal man he's gonna go he's gonna take he doesn't waste no time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for sure he does Um, exactly what they told him not to do (laughs) that's what i'm saying he's crazy at least in this episode, he's he's off the racker. Do you guys remember last season when everybody's all up in arms? This huge cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Da, da, da. You know, how could you do this mm-hmm. to us? And I can't remember which interview it was that Michael or Conley or someone said that. Well, you were, look at what someone pointed out. Look at what Honey does when she goes to Maddie's door yes. that night. I you know. That. And so this kind of ties back to that. You know, they were. I think they were trying to encourage us a little bit. Like, okay somebody's going to have noticed something and that that ties back into that so I was just they tried to give you something and nobody picked it up at all we are all terrible (laughs) watchers I didn't even know that there was a voice that said that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I remember that it was on the the Twitter watch party for episode 10 okay Okay. Uh, Michael Conley pointed out, you know, what's Honey looking at, you know, off in, uh, yeah, off yeah. in the distance. That'll come mm. into play in, in season two. So, <laughs> so it comes full circle. So, yeah, like Bosch is like, we're on it. Let's go down this with this lead. He calls Jerry and wants a composite sketch. And, you know, Jerry even says, you know, how does she even know that that's him? And and he says, she doesn't, but I do. And <laughs> See? Yeah. But Jerry accepts that. They... What's he going to say? No, boss. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'll talk to you later. Come on. Yeah. But Even Jerry... if boss was like, I want to, I want to get diaper samples. He'd be like, okay, whatever you need. Like, this is your daughter. I get it. Even though boss is smarter and already has it figured out most likely, but. But not just that. Jerry knows Harry. He knows his instincts. He, I think he has the pulse on when to go with Harry's gut. Well, so... well, well, let's, well, let's just break this down real quick here on a, on a level that you're talking about to your point. If Harry calls up Jerry and gives him a, a lead, right, like he just did, and the lead turns out to be nothing, and they find out that he got it through Harry, Harry's off the case, and Harry's now blackballed. Mm-hmm. But if it's the guy, which, you know, like you said, he trusts Harry's instincts, mm-hmm. Harry's not going to make that call unless he's pretty confident that this has to be the cross. Right, right. So well, that's why I feel like, the, yeah. And it kind of goes, kind of goes back to the... I think a little bit or a little bit before in the episode where Bosch does get a hold of Mank mm-hmm. and he's like, if I, if I called Jerry Edgar too many times, I'm just going to burn that bridge. So, yeah. You know, so Mank said he keep his ears to the ground as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's just like what you're saying now that, you know, Edgar's on the, or, you know, calls up, calls up Edgar and Edgar's going to jump on it for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to sort of weigh the, opportunities and which one to really push and yes and, and when not so much bosh is cashing in his card very quickly i feel because like <laughs> yeah. i said if that doesn't work out and i go look stupid it's going to be a problem and yeah. now they wasted more time trying to get the real person so hopefully this is the guy yeah yep and we know it is it's just a matter of them figuring out <laughs> if it is yes. so um let's shift gears a little bit we we get we see Doc Wilder driving down a desert road. He stops. He opens up the, the body bag. And Maddie is alert enough to try to, like, knock him down or, you know, make an effort to get away. But he stops her quickly enough and um, injects her with something that knocks her out yep. again. So we we see that, yes, as we hoped and expected, she is still alive. But he's taking her somewhere deep in. She's alive for now. 
and he's taking her somewhere deep into the desert now let's it's not chronologically with the story but let's just move a little bit forward with what continues to happen eventually the the next time we see doc weiler he's at a car wash and Mm -hmm. the, the tailgate is open and it's empty so he maddie is somewhere she is no longer in the truck she's no longer with doc weiler she's gone and he's washing down the truck while he's there he makes a phone call to an, another detective i guess maybe it's a friend that he knows through well he's a city inspector right yeah so someone he knows through the you know yeah through the, the municipality so he asks him about it and it's just so it's so disgusting for me listening to him ask this guy about what well, county leads you know acting all innocent it just really really makes me mad you know, acting all innocent about trying to see if, if you know what he's heard about the case because yeah. you know he's not at a television or seeing any news you know he's trying to get that information but you know and he acts all noble like he'll keep his ears open blah 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 hate that but guy did, did you guys notice what i noticed with that conversation is that the guy that kurt called couldn't wait to get off the phone with him yeah right off the bat he's saying i'm i'm heading towards a meeting yeah. It just kind of seemed like he was just really uninterested of what Kurt had to say during mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He was not he was not interested in, in talking to him. And I don't know if that there's more to that. If if this is, mm-hmm. you know, but that that is interesting. Eventually he makes it home and we'll we'll talk about the timing of that um in a little bit. But eventually he gets home, showers, washes his shoes, washing his clothes, he's ironing something. You know, he's trying to clean up after himself, I guess, and get rid of any evidence meanwhile harry has spent some time with officer vasquez and they revisit the alley where maddie found the mask they they just have some back and forth talking about how vasquez really tried to stop her from pursuing this case but it kind of comes up that you know harry might have done this acted the same way it's just that bosh thing you know where it's hard to let something go you know when you want to try to help or figure out what happened but bosh actually tries to in his own way, console her a little bit saying it's not on you. Cause she's really feeling bad that she couldn't get Maddie to stop digging into this case. You know, she's so yep. he's like, it's not, you know, it's not on you. Of course, Mo's still working things on his end, but he can find honey talks to Mo and, you know, wants to check on Harry, how he's doing. He says he's quote full tilt till he finds her, but there it's interesting that as Harry's friends and colleagues, confidants, whatever, they're concerned about him too. You know, it kind of makes a point to show that. that obviously everybody's concerned about Maddie, but they know they got to keep a handle on where Harry is with all this too. Try to keep a handle on Harry. <laughs> try. You can only try. So Jerry's watching some body cam footage uh, from Maddie and Vasquez looking for clues. We see Honey doing talking the sketch artist through the composite sketch she tells ask her to kind of get her to close her eyes and try to visualize it again they finally mm-hmm. do get through the sketch and then we get another scene with conif and espinosa and they mention this truck that's going back and forth and do they can they tell that it's a city vehicle but they just can't tell what kind or can they even yes. tell that they did okay yeah they could, they could tell it was a city vehicle but they said that the numbers are too blue to find out what department or yeah area was affiliated with so so yeah he has that exchange with them and then we do see bennett and j edgar go to doc weiler's home and that you know no one answers he leaves a card he picks up the cigarette butt 
And Bennett asks him, you know, why are you doing that? And of course he explains that the screen cutter, you know, is, is, is apparently a smoker. And, you know, I, I love this part. I'm sure you do too, mm-hmm. where she's like, are you going to, that's, that's a, that's a bit much. That's a leap. Are you going to go around picking every cigarette, but you know, in town? And he says, yeah, if I have to, and that's mm-hmm. just, that's your J Edgar there, man, you know, he's all in, he is treating this, you know, Maddie is. Like well, that's the boss blood. mentality too. Yeah. That's the same reason why Maddie kept pursuing this. That's mm-hmm. the same reason why Bosch always pursues everything. It's all just, it's a mentality yeah. they have of how they do their job. Leave no 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 stone unturned. Yeah. So yeah, and and we we already talked about Doc Wilder coming in and doing shower and trying to cover up evidence. That is when he does come home. We we talked about it just a few minutes ago, but he sees Jerry and Bennett yes. pulling away, so he knows someone has been at his house. So that's yeah, that is just when he arrives home, starts trying to clean everything down. We briefly see Harry at Maddie's place. Going back through there, he's, you know, we're seeing old photographs and, you know, it's emotional, but he's, you know, he's taking another look at everything. He picks up her ID, pockets that. Kind of surprised no one else took that when they were covering the scene. Are you? Hmm. Good question. I, I don't know what policy is on. Yeah, I don't know the protocol know. for if that if that's supposed to be like, I know if it was a service weapon, they probably would have grabbed it. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. anyway, interesting. So, yeah, again, Doc Waller's ironing stuff, taking a shower, all that. We get back to the composite photo. They, the, the artist has finished it. Jerry's looking at it, showing it to, to Bennett. And eventually he decides to pull up some of the footage of Doc Weiler and, you know, gets to a good close up. And they look and they see that it um, does appear to be the same person. So that's a big mm-hmm. find. Well, that's why I said they put it together very quickly, yeah. if you think about it, because they yeah. figured out that the person was a smoker. Mm-hmm. Then they found all the cigarette butts outside the house. Mm-hmm. They figured that Honey ID'd the guy that was outside the house, and mm-hmm. then it happened to be the same city inspector that she was talking to that drove past Right. when they know normally in the situation it's somebody who you know or intersected with. Right. So to me, that was... Way quicker than I thought it would be. I thought that would mm-hmm. be a few episodes of investigation yep. to get to where we are here. So yep. that's because Jerry Edgar is so good. And Honey did a good job describing this guy. So it was it was a good a good sketch to well, compare I did, with. I did like the Jerry's Jerry's line said they can never get the eyes or nose right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it but is it was funny. Dark. I think they said they I think he said it was dark out or whatever, but yeah, it was. It was. She came at night. She came at night. So Mike, you want to pick up here? With what comes up next? What comes up next is so money or honey, Edgar, Bosch, and I think Bennett were all standing around looking at the composite, looking at the video from uh, Maddie's body cam footage. Mm-hmm. And honey confirms, yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy I saw outside the courtyard. So uh, Bosch kind of walks out the door, asks Edgar to join him, mm-hmm. asks Edgar to give him a head start. You know, he wants mm-hmm. a head start. And Edgar was trying to say, you know, we can't do that. I can't do that. And Bosch is like, well, you can't, but I can, you know, so mm-hmm. please give me the address, you know, because even Edgar was saying it was, it'll take an hour to get the warrant. And Harry's like, that's all I need. Just give me a head start on this. <laughs> yeah. So it goes to Doc Weiler's house. And I'm going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up later, but I might as well bring it up now. Uh-huh. Sloppy work by Bosch. Sloppy. Because okay. the way he broke into... Yeah. Doc Weiler's house and he did actually break in. He didn't use a lock pick. He kicked the door down, kicked the door in. Broke a glass. Yes. Broke a glass to unlock the uh, unlock the door. So you're obviously 
I don't know if Harry knew that Doc Weiler was home or not. I don't know that, but just, I mean, there was no stealth to it at all. So, mm-hmm. so he gets into the house, calls out for Maddie. Wait a minute. Why Doc did he Weiler. kick the door in? If he broke the glass, because he did, and he heard him, Doc well, Weiler's... He, he kicked the door in at the uh, laundry room later oh, on. Oh, okay. So he, okay. During Sorry. the search of the house. No worries. Okay. So he ahead. broke Keep the going. glass, unlocked the door on the back side of the house. Calls out for Maddie, checks, surveys all the room, but Doc Weiler obviously heard him enter. Because Doc Weiler is in the house. He's in the house. Doc Weiler is in the house. He grabs his gun. He slips through room to room to to avoid Bosch's um, sight, uh, staying out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And he slips out of the house while Bosch was trying to see if Maddie was there. At one point, you hear some rumbling through like a laundry room kicks in the door and there's a washer and dryer in there with a pair of boots in the dryer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so, and Doc Weiler slips out the back, I think the out the back, the same way that Harry went in, I think. Okay. Okay. So like I said, a little bit sloppy, but, uh, he's on a mission. The fact, yeah. Harry's on a mission, but the fact that when he was checking the clothes in the dryer and washer, he didn't have his gloves on. Then the mm, next yeah. scene, he's starting to go through some of Kurt we- Doc Weiler's drawers, cabinets, mm-hmm. um, going through paperwork. He does have his gloves on at that point, but like I said, just kind of sloppy work right off the right off the bat there. Right. So yes, not uh, not the Bosch we're used to seeing <laughs> with with a partner yeah. or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, he's lone lone wolf for sure in this one. Um, and then he does see the. Does he see the cops coming or does Jerry call him? Jerry texts him saying Bennett's on on the way. way. Bennett and Calvary on the way. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so he rushes out and um, he doesn't pull away completely. Yeah, he doesn't pull away completely. Yeah, he um, called Jerry saying that he got out, but there was enough for Bennett to collect. Yeah. With or uh, for like a righteous warrant collection type of thing. Yeah. But then was that where? I think that's when we see. Orville Redenbacher showing up at the police station, right? Yeah. yeah. Which was like curveball. Yeah, it was yeah. a curveball. I was not expecting yeah. that. And this SOB, if I didn't already hate him enough, <laughs> that a-hole parks in a handicapped parking space. Full oh, disclosure, right. people. Full okay. disclosure. I have a kid that uses a wheelchair. Do not park in a handicapped spot <laughs> when you are not authorized. That really pissed me off. But yes, he walks in and can I help you? And then just the way he says, yes, I believe you can. You just want to pop him in the nose. And then a little chuckle too at the same time. Yeah, a little chuckle. You just want to pop him in the nose. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But he's there. I didn't know that about the, I didn't know that about the handicap spots. And I want to hit him even more. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Thank (laughs) you. You're on my team. All right. Every day, all day. (laughs) Thank you. So he's there to turn himself in. Who wants to talk about this this exchange? So Edgar uh, Edgar shows up at Hollywood, calls up Bosch, saying that the guy turned himself in. Mm-hmm. Doc Wilder turned himself in. Harry says, "Keep that uh, yep. uh, effort there." <laughs> um, so Edgar goes in to interview him, asking about if he knows the whereabouts of Maddie. Or no, actually, I think. Doc Weiler was saying he he knows where the whereabouts of Maddie was, but Edgar was saying that I think you're just, I think it's just a 
po- or what is it? Kind of like the Lincoln lawyer, you know, it's a dog and pony show, you know, smoke and mirrors. Like a bluff. You don't actually, yeah, it's a bluff. You don't actually know where she is. You're just trying to get out of or getting out of trouble with the rapes that we're about to connect you with, with fingerprints mm-hmm. and DNA. Shows the pictures of the mask and the victims. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, yeah, Doc Weiler basically saying that uh, she is alive for now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, t- t- time's ticking down, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not going to reveal um, any of that information if they don't his, yes. talk to his lawyer. Yes, until he gets his lawyer who's on his on his way. Yeah, yeah. And then so we that get... kind of that kind of brings me back to season seven a little bit too when mm-hmm. Edgar was letting uh, Gladys Rodriguez talking to her neighbor down the down the apartment hallway or whatever, mm-hmm. and Edgar was letting him talk when Bosch walks out. You know he shoes the neighbor away and then you know admonishes Jerry that you know you're doing your job and and then Harry's pissed because her lawyer shows up without her making a phone call so it kind of reminded me of that you know where mm-hmm. the, this guy got away from harry yeah. calls his lawyer saying i need you here at this hollywood station you know so it kind of kind of brought me back to there you know brought yeah. me back to episode yeah i can seven, see that episode episode season seven i should say yeah yeah so yes so then we get a really interesting confrontation between mank and bosch in front of hollywood station a lot of stuff <laughs> happens in front of the station you know you think yes. back over the years all the things that have happened in that very spot but go ahead <laughs> yes yeah, so bosch shows up mank uh, approaches him saying you can't be here mm-hmm. bosch i mean you never you never really seen the uh characters interact this way where harry looks like he's about to you know just push back past mank mm-hmm. saying don't don't stop me you know this mother effer knows where she is yeah and and Mank has to step up and say, "You can't be here." You know, mm-hmm. I would have. And I was curious what would have happened if Edgar didn't come out to let mm-hmm. Harry know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, would Mank would have would was would Mank have to try to arrest him? Yeah. Would Harry try to right. you know knock out Mank to get into the building? I mean, yeah, how never... far would it go? Mank would have let him go. Yes. Mank would have let him go. But been walking with him in town and Bosh, you can't do this, Harry. I'm telling you, you can't. You're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna get in trouble. I can't help you if you pass this level. <laughs> Like if he passes blue line, I can't help you. If you go in there, I can't help you. To the point where if Jerry Egger wasn't there and Bosch's rant walked in through, eventually police would have detained him, pulled him out, put him in a – not arrest him, but put him in a cool-down cell in cuffs until they can address the situation. That's what I think would have happened. That's a a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Jerry Jerry does does walk out and – yeah, he tells him uh, tells him what he said that he says a lot for now. Oh, okay. And, yeah, that it's definitely right. him. Yeah. Okay. And then it cuts to Maddie in a box. <laughs> Maddie in a box. Yes. Um, she it, it she kind of slowly comes to you know, and then the, her being it escalates. You know, she becomes very mm-hmm. frightened. You know, which mm-hmm. I, I I cannot imagine. I am I am claustrophobic as it is, and yeah. Oh, that that was. How much did that freak you all out that she was in this box? Oh, very much um, so. <laughs> I have a few fears in life. Um, and the idea of waking up in a coffin and not being able to move or know where you are or what's going on yeah. is like yeah. one of the pet- most petrifying things for me to think of. Like, yeah, it gets me anxiety just thinking about it. So, like, 
they and they know. I'm sure, like I'm an average person, so I'm sure you know, seventy five percent of the people agree with me that it's a right. you know, just like and you know, it's not even like you know, you got kidnapped and you were told to go in there. It's like you know, you got kidnapped and just woke up there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So now it's like you know, you don't know what you have, you don't know where you are, you know, you can't maneuver. It's just the idea of right. it. You know, there's one of my biggest. The, yeah, it's not just the box. There's so many unknowns, and yeah, everybody's going to be freaked out being basically buried alive you know what's your first instinct in that to kick the to kick the thing up but those things are meant to, to not open yeah on yeah. top of that you don't know how far down you are into the ground so if you yeah. kick it open the dirt could just suffocate you if yeah the... so many oh, so many was, unknowns plus she, was, plus she was handcuffed too so that right yes yeah she was and you don't even know and you don't even that. know if you have air at that point yeah, mm -hmm. or how long you don't know the situation yet yeah you, and yep. the, your mind is racing that you can't think logically at first of course not. Mm -hmm. Of course not. Yeah. But as we, as the camera pans up, you know, to above ground and you see mm -hmm. the desert there very much uh, made me think of breaking bad. How about you guys? Oh, yep. Did you kind of get that sort of feel, which I know breaking Tom bad and a little bit of the desert star novel from Michael Conley as well. So. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Good point. So, yeah. I mean, at that point, we don't know anything about, her situation either like you're yeah. talking about the oxygen level is it set to a certain amount of time is it just going to expire mm -hmm. can doc weiler control it somehow from from the outside you know there's so many unknowns but we do go right into a little bit of a, a preview and in that preview doc weiler is talking about like an like an hourglass right and how time's yeah. running out so yeah but you still start to, to there is a time but what is that time based on is he in control of that time yeah. or is there a literal physical amount of time that she could you know survive in there yes. we still we still don't know mm -hmm. we get mention of a 300 mile radius that they'll be searching we find out that there's a video camera somehow connected to the box and we're going to see about that in the next episode. We see Harry and then Honey running towards a helicopter going somewhere. We can only presume to try to rescue. So, yeah, we don't get a lot in that preview, but the story will continue in episode two. They couldn't just give it to us in one episode. No. Nope. No, they can't. And will they, they set up will a they... cliffhanger on top of a cliffhanger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they couldn't give it to us in two episodes. Because now we're going to the third right. part of this. We couldn't get in episode 10. We couldn't finish it in episode one. Now we're mm -hmm. going to go to episode two. And who knows at this point, you know, if we're going to get it at episode two. Like you mentioned, Pete, could she, could she be missing the whole season? We don't know. It's moving kind of mm -hmm. fast. But at this point in time, we do not know what. The good news is, is that episode two is out now. So after this podcast, I can go watch it. That's right. Yes. That is right. <laughs> Now, one thing we're going to talk about each podcast episode is our person of interest, which again, with this episode, I mean, it's going to be easy to say Maddie or Bosch. Did you have anybody else that you wanted to draw attention to that sort of you wanted to highlight from this episode that, that made a really big impact to you that you wanted to just kind of put the spotlight on for a second? You got one, Pete, because I got one. Um, personally, I don't, I'm not going to put it towards the bad guy because I don't like him. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, to do it with Honey or Jay Egger is too obvious because, you know, the obvious players of this episode is Maddie and Bosch and they deserve the credit. Okay. All right. What about you, Mike? What do you have? 
I was putting it towards Edgar and all that. Shit. Yeah, no, and the obvious is fine, you know, guys. He's trying I mean, to, he's, he's getting attacked on all sides. You know, he's got his captain. Yes. Breathing out his neck about Harry. He got Harry breathing down his neck about Maddie. He got yeah. Bennett asking him why he's, you know, picking up a cigarette butt, which, you know, you're going to go around and do that. So I, I think with Edgar kind of putting it together with Honey's help, obviously, with the sketch mm-hmm. composite kind of. Yeah, so that that was my kind of uh, a lot of pressure and a lot of stuff from the juggle, right? Yes. right. But it was and... also like I like I pointed out earlier. Obviously, it should have been Bosch, but because of his sloppy work getting into or going into Doc Weiler's house, it yeah. kind of knocked him down a peg. Ah, so... had some missteps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's cool too. That's cool too. So I was thinking, you know, aside from the obvious, I mean, Edgar came to mind for me too and and to to what you had to say mike he edgar was playing this delicate balancing act the whole episode you know and that's what was really intriguing to me because sometimes he would give harry the like go ahead and sometimes he would give him that little nod like cut shut it down right here we will talk later you know he would kind of tell when to put on the brakes when to let him go it was very much this very delicate balancing act and that was that was some impressive storytelling um, I, I appreciated that. So we'll also have an interrogation time, typically in each podcast episode, where we can pose a question to each other, something that's sort of weighing on our minds, maybe a philosophical type question or a predictive type question. But we kind of asked each other a lot of questions as we went through today with this this uh, episode. So is there anything else you wanted to ask before we move forward? you um for me it was uh i wrote down one kind of maybe hopefully a predictive type mm-hmm. question okay. is, is one of the uh persons that bosch was phone or calling in his office was do you think one of them was grace billets and if so i wondered that would too. we get to see a grace billets in the season yeah. that's what i was wondering or hoping for yeah so yeah let's see how that plays out pete sure. what do you think <laughs> um okay so i didn't have a question but i actually like mike's question because it leads me to a point that i was thinking about also well you got to answer mike's question do you think that that as well, you're watching no, that goes to my point though and this okay. is this is going to be a where's his crew yeah the door has been kidnapped jerry Edgar's there where's the rest of your crew where's okay. all the people from the other show yeah why are they there they're the first ones there. Why aren't they in every room that you're in right now? I understand it's hard to get these, you know, eight big actors in, in to do a whole episode <laughs> together. But like, like to his point, where's Billets? Where's Pierce? Where's this one? Where's that one? Where's Roberts? Where's all my people? Yeah, oh. no, that's a good question. That's a good question. Good but, that's a good so point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree totally. And as you were, as, as he was naming off the, the, um, the titles, of the, yes. the different people, you know, it's like, is one of yeah. those what billets is now? And I'm thinking, you know, I know so that's I, what I was trying to wonder it. Cause when he talks to a captain, he doesn't specify if it's sir or ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she specifically came to mind for me for sure. Yeah. But that's a great point too, Pete. We've got, he's got Mo working in this and honey and Jerry, and even, you know, Manx trying to do all he can, but there are a whole ton of other people. That other departments, other departments of people that are very close with him, you know, like, you know, where's yeah. Crate and Barrel? Yeah. <laughs> Crate and Barrel, exactly. You know, why aren't these people coming out this, the first night when all those cop cars, unless they were there and they just didn't show them. Okay. Yeah. I Let's did just have, assume that. I did have one question that I, that I held back and it's, it's not like a game changer or anything. It was just more of a curiosity. You remember when the captain, the RHD captain and Jerry are talking and he mentions, oh, yeah, y'all have a history, you know, like, oh, yeah, y'all have a history. Did you see that as kind of a threat 
like or or he's your problem you take care of him anything that happens with him that goes wrong is on you Edgar, not me it's all going on you a hundred percent and there's your pressure okay what about you mike did you uh, I thought it was like a warning, maybe. To yeah, I kind of really thought it was a warning what a, what a too. Warning. <laughs> yeah, like okay, Fred I know you guys me. have a history. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have a history, but you still have to follow policy. I, I think mm-hmm. that's how there's a better way to say it, kind of like a warning. Yeah, so it uh, just sort of stood out to me. So, all right. Well, the next um, section that we'll want to have each podcast episode is off duty time, and that's where we're off work and we can have a little fun. So. I'm guessing either or both of you might have a little trivia that you I have wanna... one. Okay. How about you, Mike? Do you have any? I, I, I'll, I'll have one question as well. So Okay. I do not have a game tonight. Sometimes I throw a game in there, but that could happen in the future. So be prepared. All right, Pete, why don't you go first? Okay. So when Bosch goes and visits Maddie's apartment and starts going through stuff, there's a big picture of a tree on the wall and there's a bunch of mini pictures of Bosch and Maddie. Mm-hmm. On the bottom right picture, how many nose hairs does Bosch have? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not the question. <laughs> no, no, no. That's 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 an episode ten question. This okay. is an episode okay. one question. This okay. is an easy one. Okay. So the mini photos of Bosch, of Bosch and Maddie, how many total were, were inside the big picture? Okay. I want to say three. I'm going to say three. No, wait. Of uh, just Bosch and Maddie. Or well, whatever the picture, how many pictures were in that? Yeah, total, 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 total little pictures, pictures inside pictures the frame. In, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say four. All right. Tracy wins this one. Ding, ding, nice. ding. I kind of wanted to say great. three because three really stood out to me. But I was like, there has to be more. Like I said, I was, it was an easier one where you guys might overlook it thinking I'm like, <laughs> you might be counting like other things in the building in the apartment, like how many belts yeah. she has laid out or something. <laughs> No, I was going a different route where I thought you might uh, throw us out a trivia question about like one of the phone numbers that Mo has up on his computer screen. Ooh, so. that'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah. know what happens? You guys are uh, prone to that. You guys are prone to that. Between Jay and Mike, I can't <laughs> win because they'll stop and count the numbers and add them up. And Jay will start calling the phone numbers to people and be like, does this work? <laughs> but I got to say, those let's not do those questions. Those are not fair. If you have to stop and memorize a phone number, it's not something you noticed. It's something you exactly. went and found, you know, which is why I've been trying to go a little more. Oh, there's I four like. pictures. We're obviously going to see that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good, mm-hmm. it was a good, easier guess. Good job. Good I, think job if, Pete. I think if Jay was here, he'd probably ask how many flower buds were on the flowers next to Maddie's apartment building thing when they were walking through. You know, <laughs> I almost thought of a trivia question of when he when Jay Edgar picks up those that cigarette, how many butts were in the ashtray? Yeah, I almost yeah, did that, but I didn't want to count. <laughs> that's too many to count. Yeah, but there were yeah. a lot. All right, what do you have, Mike? Sounds good. For my question, um, in Maddie's body cam- conversation with Doc Wilder. There's an iconic white circular building in the background. What building is it? Capitol Records. Yes, it is. Good job. You got it. It's Tracy's day. And I, yes. I didn't I didn't talk over you, Pete. I could see you were shaking your head that you know that you didn't know. I had it, no so. clue. Yeah. I had no, no clue. clue. That's what I threw in the circular. Uh, yeah, no, that was a good one. That was a good <laughs> one. All right, I'll I'll throw one in just because I did write it down. So they will okay. have one. At Orville Redenbacher's house, Kurt Dockweiler. What's the number of his address? Oof. Oof. I know because it's plain as day. You can it's see big, it letter, big numbers. Yeah, big numbers. Big numbers, and it's where Edgar puts his card in the door. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to make Four, a funny guess. Say, I know 210. 
<laughs> well, it's four numbers, but good guess. That's what, okay. I, thought. That's what I thought. It was four digits. Uh, if memory serves me right, it's like three, one, seven, eight. You got you got three of the numbers right. It's, wow. It's but not in the order. It's eighty three sixteen. So you got the eight, the three, and the one. So wow, okay. good job, Mike. Uh, very good. Because well, like, like when it, whenever it comes to you know addresses being you know front and center, I try to throw those in there too, just in case. But yeah, yeah, good good question, Tracy. Nice. They're all yeah. good questions. That that was fun. That was fun. Nice to have a little bit of lightheartedness, lightheartedness on a very serious intense episode um oh, well stay tuned for our showrunner spotlight segment at the end of the podcast with showrunner executive producer and writer tom bernardo if yep. you would like okay. to provide some input on this episode or any future episode you can always email us bosh at so many shows.com or put a note on the uh, bosh pit facebook page uh, but there's a couple of different ways that you can reach out to us if you want to give um, some feedback on this podcast episode we just did or on the next episode. Um, we can include it in the podcast for episode two. So definitely reach out with things you like, you don't like about the podcast even, and then what your thoughts are on the episode, predictions you have or things that really stood out to you. Anything you want to share, anything you want to share, let us know. But... I think that's it for us tonight. Mike, yep. Pete, thanks for joining me. This was a good thanks time. <laughs> Always good to be with you guys breaking down the episodes, boshing it up. So For sure. All righty. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. And now it's time for our showrunner spotlight with Tom Bernardo. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hello. We're good. We're good. Good to see you. Are, are you ready for us to pick your brain? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> let the picking begin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll start off episode one, the lady vanishes. And I hope this question uh, makes sense. So uh, Mike and I kind of feel like there's sort of an unspoken code between Jerry and Harry. Like they ultimately know when to push when to pull back, you know, just kind of this tug and tension, um, but it's tested, you know, repeatedly in this episode for, you know, searching for Maddie. Is that a valid interpretation? And how would you describe their dynamic in this episode? No, I think you guys are putting your finger on something that we discussed in the room, which is one, this is probably the most heightened predicament Bosch and Edgar have ever been thrown into. Certainly mm -hmm. Bosch his, his daughter and, and whether she's even alive right. right that's you know the most fundamental part of his life is his that's his love of his life his daughter but the dynamic has changed they're no bosh and egger are no longer partners mm -hmm. uh, egger's at rhd which is you know a very elite team and mm -hmm. uh and, and group of detectives in the lapd and bosh is a private eye on the sidelines on the outside looking in at the, the most extreme sort of time and Edgar knows who he is more than probably anybody else involved yeah. here. And he knows that no one's going to stop Bosch. So he's only can only do so much, but at the same time, he knows that the best way to probably find out where Maddie is and save her is using the resources of the, the RHD, not just letting somebody go rogue. Yeah. So that's the tension there. And we were interested in that tension and seeing where it goes because, you know, 
we were very excited about getting Jamie back. We mm-hmm. miss him. We love his character. But as I've said before, I try to be vigilant about this, that we don't want anyone to come back into the story world unless there's a story purpose for it. And it's just, right. a, it's not just fan service. Yeah. And this is just perfect. It, we, you know, when we came up with the idea, I, I remember the night talking with, with Michael about it and sort of pitching the idea to him. We were still yeah. filming season one. I was, I, I remember the night okay. we were episode six of season one <laughs> and we were filming yeah. a scene outside of Bosch's office. And I pitched the idea to him and we both immediately landed on, well, Dagger's going to, be the person who leads this investigation and, mm-hmm. and, and ultimately teams up with him. So hope yeah. that's not too long-winded of a response. No, that's great. It answers what yeah. you guys yeah, are interested in. That's great. And I'm glad that always, like always, you guys put so much thought into these relationships and dynamics because it, it really plays well on screen. So oh, good. Glad to hear All that. right. Mike's got one next. Uh, the uh, What can you tell us about the abduction fight scene between Maddie and Doc Weiler? How was it choreographed and or how much stunt work was involved? Great question. I'll give you a little bit of backstory about that scene, because when we were breaking the episode and sort of thinking about what it was going to look like, I was really taken with this Dutch film from 1988 called The Vanishing, uh, which is about um, this couple that have gone on holiday and they stop at this rest stop and the boyfriend I know goes that, in. I know that. It's a, it, an yep. incredible movie. And the boyfriend goes yeah. into the rest stop to get something to drink, or he's waiting actually for his girlfriend who had gone in and mm-hmm. she vanishes. Mm-hmm. And we really don't find out. There's like a time jump. And then there we don't find out really what happened until the, it sort of plays with time and point of view later in the movie where you discover how she was taken. But the, the film is very much about the tension of, the lack of closure and irresolution. Mm-hmm. And the film is brilliant about withholding certain information to create tension in the mind of the audience. Mm-hmm. So all the way of saying my view when we first started was let's not show the audience what happened to her right. until oh. the very end. And I, I sort of had my head up my butt on this because <laughs> I was very stubborn about like wanting to kind of take that element, that story element from the vanishing. Mm-hmm. I have to hand it to uh, Christelle Miller, our our exec at Amazon, who says, I think we need to see that that attack. Okay. And and maybe you need to pop in at a certain point in the episode and, and see her. You don't have to reveal everything. I understand uh-huh. what you're going for. And I was like so resistant to it, but she was right. And I tried it and and I wrote it. And, mm-hmm. and then, well, of course, this is this is what we should do. So you know, tip of the cap to our exec who, you know, is very invested and a great partner for us, but, you know, she identified that. And so we, we wrote that scene and only later revealed that, that the moment where she's in that bag and gets drugged. And then you really don't know what happened to her to the end. And and then the question, because will she survive? Right. But to your second part of that question, Mike, you know, that was all choreographed. We built that apartment room here uh, on set, we sort of blended that scene between um, the actual apartment physical location out here mm-hmm. in LA, especially its exteriors. And we shot a little bit of the interior, but we we built that hallway and the room uh, okay. for Maddie. And in that fight, Madison did primarily the stunt herself. 
There were a couple of moments involving a stunt person, but she was all in. And when I say we have to film that multiple times to get all the coverage so that we could edit it to give it that sort of frenetic, visceral, you know, that sense of a struggle. Um, she had to do that several times. Wow. And, uh, she was she's just amazing. You know, Madison just <laughs> we could talk about her performance. I think she's just elevated her game and really delivered this season. But boy, was she all in on that first yeah. episode, the attack, and then ultimately where we find her, which we can talk about when we when we start discussing uh, episode two. But that was choreographed with our stunt sort of coordinator. It okay, was a dance. You spent a lot of time sort of figuring out what the moves are, mm-hmm. uh, storyboarding it so that you you know where you're going to put the camera on the day that we uh, you know when we film. And then executing it. And I believe that took us all day. I remember being on, okay. on stage for that. And I think mm-hmm. it was almost a full day of filming to get that. So that was exciting. And, and not surprisingly, Madison crushed it. Yeah, oh, it, it was so, so powerful, that scene. Mm-hmm. I, it just so taken at, you know, into that moment. And um, I was I was hoping to hear that she did most of it herself because I knew she could. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. And, and I have to say, like, it was important for us too to see that, you know, Maddie at this point is an LAPD, you know, young cop. Right. So she has some physical prowess. And sure. even though this, uh, she gets attacked in her own home by a, a, a very sort of physically formidable man. Yeah. She still managed to fight back until yeah. he overpowered her with, with a drug, you know, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. the force of his own weight there on the bed, which was very harrowing to mm-hmm. see wanted to i remember sort of sitting in in editing with that scene wanted to convey to the audience how harrowing it was you i want people to be sort of worried about her and totally to feel that attack mm-hmm. uh, in a visceral way yeah for sure definitely definitely worked where the scene where harry breaks down you know by his jeep obviously is very powerful on many levels do you guys treat those scenes any differently as far as how many takes you expect the actor to do good question you guys have (laughs) wonderful questions very smart (laughs) because you've identified places where one from a story perspective we were taking bosch to a place i don't think we've ever seen before where you wonder if he's cracking and Mm -hmm. and and if he's going to be able to hold this together, because mm-hmm. uh, I remember f- feeling that moment as uh, we conceived it and writing it. So I, it was in my mind, the lead up to it, what it was going to be like to see him have to get that call to go mm-hmm. down to the corner, to park that car, to get out in the middle of the night, to walk across that <laughs> parking lot, yeah. in the dark, not knowing if he's going to see the dead body of his daughter. Exactly. And yeah. then it's not her, but it hits him. The weight of carrying that, that could have been her hits him and the helplessness and the powerlessness that he feels. So you write that. And I remember our director, Sherat, who who really crushed both of these episodes. He's except he did an exceptional job mm-hmm. during the prep. He identified that scene and says, we need to talk to Titus about this. Okay. We want to get his input in terms of what, as an actor and a person who's played this character, what's this see this scene feel like? And I had written something that was maybe more about originally meant more about the rage and powerlessness mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and and what happened when he got out to that car post you know that moment in um in the corners. And in collaboration with Sharat and Titus, Titus had a lot of input 
he, he said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do on the day, but I might just break down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of where I feel right now. And, okay. um, and I said, let's, let's write to that. Let's do it. And to bring it to the day we filmed it, it was, I feel very blessed to have this collaboration with Titus. Cause I know when the big moments are and we sort of mm-hmm. huddle together. Yeah. It's like, it's really like a brother. You know, and you're sitting there and we talk to each other very closely and we're Mm -hmm. talking about this moment. And he went off by himself. And I remember seeing him smoking a cigarette and he was just by himself before Mm -hmm. we were setting up. Okay. We were in rehearsal. You know, we knew where we were going to pull him with a steady cam away down to that door Mm -hmm. outside the parking lot, right to the car. And um, we did two takes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. First one was extraordinary. Uh, yeah. Both of them were extraordinary, really. Yeah. The first yeah. one, I was just like, I can't believe he made that real right then mm-hmm. and there. I mean, we pulled him to that car and I didn't know what he was going to do at that point. He didn't rehearse this. And then suddenly okay. he's cracking as you're watching him walk across the parking lot. Yeah. And he's overwhelmed with it mm-hmm. too much. And he goes down to the ground. Yeah. And Everybody, it was like one of those charged moments on set where everything felt at the time it sort of slowed down and it Mm -hmm. was no one was saying anything. We were just watching this performance of this person broken. Sure. And he made that moment real. Absolutely. We called cut and I went over, I hugged him. Like everybody just felt like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then we did one more just for safety and we, we wanted to cover it slightly different. So, cause it's a long piece of material to drag somebody from a door to this car. So right. if we want to cut into that a little bit without sacrificing or compromising the performance, by the way, you don't mm-hmm. want to just collapse time and compress it, but yeah. to do it in a way that's going to enhance the moment. And the second take, we got that one sort of canted angle up on him as he's walking where the sun sort of comes through. And then we put mm-hmm. it back our that first i believe it was almost all the first take the second take was great too yeah you know but when you you're seeing something for the first time you're just like holy cow i can't believe this is happening in front of us you know yeah it was one of those moments definitely definitely well thanks for sharing about that 